I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I don't need to wear glasses to see through your bullshit. If money is the root of all evil, then I'm the tallest tree in the forest. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 172-ish. Jesus fucking Christ. I know, just a couple, just a couple in. Um, And guys, I'm so excited to have a new guest on the People's People's Couch. He is an actor, writer, producer, podcaster, whose credits include some of my favorite all-time shows, including Billy on the Street, the other two, Shrill, Big Mouth, Quibbies, Singled Out, and of course the podcast, Urgent Care. And P.S., this is someone who is now a close personal friend of Kenya Moore. <laughs> so I am so <laughs> excited to life twirl on, I guess, with none other than Joel Kim Booster. Joel Hello. Kim Booster. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm holding up okay. You know, nothing is ideal, but you know, <laughs> things could be worse. Things could be worse, but I have to tell you, I don't think it can get any better than talking about all things Real Housewives with you. Yeah, I mean, I've said it elsewhere, but Bravo has really been a lifeline to me during these times. Yes. Like, I've started watching shows that I I never thought I would I would watch. Like, I've always been a Housewives fan. Never thought I could get into Below Deck or a, oh. a million dollar listing even uh-huh, um, you uh-huh. know all of the fran- all of the bravo shows that are currently airing i am watching week to week because something about watching a show week to week live 
like live as it's airing with commercials even is like weirdly comforting it makes me feel less alone um so here i am oh my like God, completely getting into below deck med for the first time I have to tell you, I put Below Deck on pause the last season of OG. So I haven't seen the most recent season of OG and I haven't seen this season of Med. But it is one of those shows that when it's firing on all cylinders, I mean, it's pretty fantastic. It's very escapist, but it's like laden with drama because everyone's trash. Weirdly, it's the one that makes me a little bit the most depressed out of all of the ones to watch because it just makes me want... Really? It just makes me want to go on vacation (laughs) so bad. Mm. That's like... The the whole show is like based on people going on vacation and that's... I just want to take a trip so badly. Mm. I want to go on a trip and I I want to treat, you know, the, the, the staff of a sailing boat way better than any of the people that have ever appeared on Below Deck. Wow. If you could go on Below Deck or Below Deck Med and bring three housewives or Bravo celebrities with you, who would you bring? And you're talking about enjoying a vacation. Yeah. So, like, who do you want to have fun with, kiki with? I think um, I would bring... Uh, you know what? I'm going to in terms of like who I think would be the best to go on vacation with right now, mm-hmm. Leah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring okay. Robin. I'm going to okay. bring And then just to sort of round it out because of the franchises that are currently airing, I'm going to say it. I'm going to bring Dorit too. I'm going to bring her. <gasps> I'm going to bring her. We'll hardly ever see her. She'll be in glam the whole time. Um but I'm sorry. Uh, I'll out the gate, I'm going to say, I think Dorit's looks are often worth waiting for. So, <gasps> Wow. Um, Do you think Dorit is a more of a like natural glam person than Erica Jane? Do you think her her glam is more? No, I don't think I, I don't think it's it's more natural. I will say mm-hmm. I, I do think of late. Dorit is doing Erica better than Erica is doing Erica. <gasps> she's bringing she's bringing like an elevated sort of like mm-hmm. outrageous like stupid like I mm-hmm. th- that look I'm sorry the the look that it, when they were in Italy and they were waiting for her a couple weeks ago with the big mm-hmm. hair when her and Erica again oh, looked yeah, very yeah. similar it was a mm-hmm. it was a better version of Erica's look it really was and so I don't know I was I was into it I mean she's all labels she is a she's just like I don't know she is a gay man's like just conjure conjuring of a woman you know like she's (laughs) there is no like there there except for just like the clothes and the aesthetic and and we can get into what how I feel about my journey with Dorit when we talk about BH, but yeah, those are the three that I would take because I think that they would be the most chill vacation vibes. I think you get a little bit of of different vibes from all three of those ladies, but I think that they'd be the easiest to be on a boat with. Who, um, which captain would you prefer, Lee, Sandy, or the one nobody? You know what? I'm not familiar with the other ones. I've only I've only watched Below Deck Med. So okay. I, it's going to be Captain Sandy for me. And I think probably likely for me, it would be Captain Sandy no matter what, because I love a powerful lesbian behind the wheel, you know? I totally hear you. Captain Lee is a little bit of like a Grandpa America mm. where people love them because they love him because they could see him on like Christmas. I see that. Gifts and like, you know, having dry jokes at Thanksgiving or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just has that kind of like warm, but also standoffish vibe. And 
was probably the number one most popular Bravo celebrity at BravoCon. Wow. Like, hands down. Free- he was the really? Beatle. He was the below deck Beatle. Yeah, it was. He just elicits this kind of like tween mania out of all of us when we see him. I think because he's. It's not that he's a cartoon. He's a true, genuine person. He's just so authentically himself that I really and I've and that's not something that you get from a lot of Bravo celebrities. Oh, not oh, we might get there (laughs) when we talk about certain franchises that are on TV right now. Um, yeah, he has that kind of special gift of being a guy who would be exactly himself now, regardless of whether Mm -hmm. or not he was taking home a Bravo check. Yeah, which I think is pretty great. So, Joel Kim Booster, you were in one of two chairs, VIP style, at none other than Watch What Happens Live in November. I watched it. Wow. I fell in love with you. Of course, I had known your work prior, but I just feel like you brought something to Watch What Happens, which is somewhat of a rarity, which is someone who, you know, top of your game professionally, but you are also a devout Bravo-holic mm-hmm. and not a Bravo-holic in the sense of like, I love New York and also pump rules where some of these celebrities, yeah. you know, say that they watch a franchise. So that makes them like God's gift. You truly understand the minutia, which you know, there was a, a moment where you're doing like a rapid fire segment. And I think you yourself even said, like, I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but there are things that need to be said. <laughs> and it was so like, I know every Bravo-holic, every Bravo viewer at home was like reaching to the TV screen, a.k.a. computer, a.k.a. iPad and thinking he's one of us. Like you're in the chair. You're not bartending. It felt very, yeah, it chair. felt very make a wish. Like, cause it, <laughs> like my appearance on Watch What Happens really is like proof positive that a good publicist can really get, make dreams come true for, for any <gasps> normal person. Because there was like, yes. I was like promoting my show on NBC, but it was just so strange to be there and be there for the premiere of Atlanta. Like that's a prime time slot. Like it actually made sense because I think that they paired me with Kenya because they're not going to bring on like a real celebrity to try and pull away from Kenya Moore on the premiere day of Atlanta. So I think they needed someone like me who was, who was willing to sort of give up the, the camera time and sort of understood the assignment of I'm there to kiss Kenya's ass and be like a Bravo super fan and also like a little bit promote something like have an excuse to be there. But it, it really did feel so like, strange when they told me I was going to be on with Kenya I was like wow I really thought I was going to get like one of the married to medicine ladies but here I am who are the who are are amazing that's the show you need to watch who are amazing I'm not I do watch Kenya Moore I do watch Kenya Moore's A-list she's part of one of the most powerful successful that is it is shady of me to say but let's be clear let's be clear I I understand the married to medicine ladies are B-list they're JV there's a small difference between Dr. Heavenly and Kenya Moore hair care you know what I'm saying like one one does teeth and one yes. like literally owns bravo tv.com exactly um so what was it what was it like were you out of body the whole time i was a it little bit so quick i was a little bit out of body the whole time i mean it was um so bizarre and i was so i was so frightened because i you know i actually like kenya a lot more than i think some people do um mm-hmm. but i was i was still afraid and i went in being like well i'm just gonna kiss her ass and i'm gonna agree with everything she says and that strategy and i think that's the strategy i would have had for any of the housewives quite honestly yeah, super smart um, incredibly smart because i just you know i wanted it to be a pleasant experience and she was a delight i'm gonna say it she was a delight everyone 
on the in you know who was working watch what happens she was a delight too i think she knows who keeps the lights on at kenya <laughs> Uh, at more manner so she you know <laughs> she was be on her best behavior with the bravo um people and i like i don't know she she had no idea who i was or why i was there but once she caught wind of like i was a comedian and i was there doing comedy she um really did like so she was very warm much warmer than i think she had to be um considering she could smell how much i adored her and and like the franchise that she was on but she at one point they played some clip or something like that to demonstrate sort of prove that I'm a comedian and she during the commercial break <laughs> wait, yeah she leaned over and she was like I love sketch comedy I love sketch comedy we should collaborate on something and she followed me on Twitter has since unfollowed and that's fair and that's fair my Twitter presence is a little caustic a little gross sometimes so I don't I don't begrudge her following and then unfollowing um I think she she maybe thought that there would be more you know sketch comedy opportunities with a via our relationship and there didn't you know there wasn't any so she unfollowed do you know at what she didn't notice di don't don't didn't wow. notice i just i remember Kenya. like going to her page and not seeing the follows you um <gasps> no back but Kenya, i still follow i still follow back. her uh, <laughs> so. wow i mean listen i think the importance of kenya is that people need to understand regardless of how you feel about her and i happen to actually love kenya she is so crucial and mm -hmm. integral to Atlanta right now. Yep. And it's important for people to know that you don't need to love the choices that someone is making to love and appreciate their star power on the show. Mm -hmm. And as one star fades away, Lenithia leaks, another rises. Yeah. And I think Kenya's return was at the exact right time. And here's the crucial difference, I think, between Kenya and Nini. They're both sort of agents of chaos in, in a big way on the show. But the problem with Nini is that she got so big that she didn't think she needed to be friends with any of the other ladies anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. Like Kenya, for all her faults, and she makes a lot of enemies, she still does, a, she pulls herself back when she is about to lose like a Cynthia or, yes. you know, she 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 maintains the relationships with like candy and things like that enough so that like she's still in it, even though the at any given point in time, most of the cast members are mad at her. But like she has enough people in her corner so that she still feels of the show. Like at a certain point, like Nini, you need more than Marlo. You need some you need more than a friend of who's on the show. On the yeah. Show. You need somebody who's, who's holding a peach in your corner. And you can't just leave. I just like I say what you will about Kenya, but she would never leave a reunion um, and and like sort of fold her laptop down in the way that Kenya Even did. Even when physically assaulted, mm -hmm. Kenya Moore will take a moment, collect herself, demand the firing exactly. of said assaulter, and then twirl right back mm -hmm. on that couch and pick it up right where she, you know, things left off. And, you know, that reminds me of a point that you made on Watch What Happens, which was... At that point, Kenya and Portia were I like know. BFFs again. And it was so wonderful to see both of these women on journeys as brand new moms in relationships that were going through Tumult. incredibly rocky yeah, patches and also women who seemed to be coming into their own. And so it was difficult for me to watch the last part of yeah. Atlanta when for whatever reason, Portia really decided to jump passionately back on team nini which to me is a train that's already left the station 
And I wonder what that will look like next season if, in fact, Nini either doesn't return or returns just to film a swan, swan song and then depart. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? What do you want to happen? The thing is, is that I think that Nini sort of is in a difficult position that uh, a lot of housewives... A friend of mine, Pat Regan, um, uh, a scholar, a scholar of of, yes, wonderful, yes, um, said something very smart. I think of a lot of these ladies, which is that we promote them until they're no longer qualified for the job that they have, for the position that they have, and that's what sort of happened. You could argue with Bethany. Um, you know, like she was never meant for a talk show, but yet we kept promoting her to the point where that seemed like the logical next step for her. Our bad. Um, our and bad. that's our fault. Yeah, it is. It's our it's fault. Our fault. It's and our I fault. think the same thing has happened with Nini, but I don't think that Nini has the humility that that Bethany had to come back and really play ball in the way that she needs to. She still thinks that she's better than this show, and she thinks she's in control. And I think that that is, um. I think she thinks she could probably get away with leaving without a swan song. And I think I I wouldn't be surprised if she gives it a couple of seasons break before she like comes back and gives us really the last moment. But I don't know. And and the thing is, is like, I don't know how much patience Andy will have for it. Keep going. Like moving forward. I mean, she's come out kind of strong against him in the most passive aggressive aggressive way possible of like i know someone who happens to run a network who's a piece of shit i'm going to bury you have you met lisa bloom which (laughs) she somehow (laughs) used that as some sort of way to show her like business acumen which sweetie like google lisa bloom read the new yorker once a year and you'll understand that this woman is not exactly the person you want on in charge of your um, business interests uh, in any way um, or even to have your phone number, frankly. Um, but have you been following Nini's tweets? I mean, do you no. think that she's OK? All right. Well, you're missing out. Oh, maybe I should go. I mean, I, I have I have the bandwidth for like one crazy Atlanta housewife <laughs> uh, on my feeds and that's Kenya. Um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should I mean, maybe I should expand maybe I should broaden my horizons a little bit but Atlanta's social is so interesting you have Portia who's featured completely rightly in the New York Times as the future first housewife or Bravo Lab to ever receive a Nobel Peace Prize I mean, which is going to be talk a, about a growth I mean I mean talk about growth to go from growth. from thinking the Underground Railroad is an actual railroad to being arrested in you know, to, to protesting Breonna Taylor, like it, it is like her murder. It, it's crazy. Like you never thought she would get there. And I'm so proud of her. And like, I don't know. I love her. She's an all timer. She's an all timer. She's stepping into her family legacy. I mean, when we talk about favorite housewives, you know, I am a problematic fan in the sense that for several years I have stand for Shan. And wow. it's not something I'm proud of. Wow. I have had a lot of conversations with people where they've checked in on me and on my like soul, mental health, and even physical being, my spirit. It's been a rough several months, I have to say. I've been keeping six mm-hmm. feet of distance from myself and my um, stand in a of Shan. But when I really think about like who do you genuinely love, who when you think about is just the light 
that burns brighter every day. It's no contest. It's, it's a Porsche. Porsche. Yeah, and I have to go back and amend my answer of who I'm taking mm-hmm. on the yacht. And it's mm-hmm. got to be, I'm sorry, Dorit, the looks aren't strong enough. It's <gasps> I, We're replacing we're wow. Dorit with Portia. I can't believe it. Was, it was really, and it's my, and I apologize to Dorit for even putting her in that position. I really do. Because that's my fault. That's my fault for putting her in. That's an oversight <laughs> On my fu- uh, on my part, because um, I was just thinking about that the shows that were on, but no, it's got to mm-hmm. be Portia. I mean, Portia, Robin, and Leah, I think, would be the perfect vacation. Maybe Dorit could chief stew. She speaks several. Yeah, languages. that is true. She knows a table in a, setting. In another life, that really is the that really is the life that that Dorit should have had. In arguably. I mean, she feels like the chief stew of Beverly Hills right yeah, now. She's just trying she to really create does. memories and moments um, on Italiano that are just, you know, transcend, mm-hmm. transcend a normal trip anywhere else. Um, so we're talking a little bit about Atlanta. You mentioned Dorit. So I feel like we need to talk about the conversation that everyone is having across this country. Whose side are you on, Joel Kim Booster? I'm are you staunchly Denise? Team Denise. Don't Team Denise. Okay, okay. You got you you really honestly scared me with the astonishingly because I my heart <laughs> it's The whole world is tough. Team Denise. Yeah. The whole The whole world is Team Denise. Everyone is Team Denise except maybe Denise who doesn't understand how to be like varsity team Denise. Yeah. She's not doing a great job of showing that she and that's really me, frustrating but... that's really frustrating for me to watch someone not know how to play the game well enough to when you have all the trump cards on your side you have you have the people on your side you have a lot of i, I think like if if you're playing the game of housewives she has like all of the the pieces and all of the the positioning to really win this fight and she's just not playing the game very well. And and you really feel I feel give the give a fucking Pulitzer to the producer who convinced her to come back to that table. Chris. Chris. I think it was Chris. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Chris, Steve, Scott. Whatever his name is, he deserves Whatever. a medal. Um, because I, I can only imagine how frustrating it's just so clear she doesn't know how to play this game. And I don't know if she ever will, but by God I love her and I and I am so mad at the other ladies mainly Kyle and Teddy how have how have you felt about this season so far I mean it's not Especially great come on, coming up oh you don't think it's great I don't think it's great unpack that for me unpack that for me. I think it's a, another case of they have enmeshed themselves in one storyline that is unfolding mm-hmm. at a pace that is just not commiserate with um what I want to see from these shows like I need m- either to diverse them to diversify the stories a little bit and give something to some of I, I need more I need like Kyle and Dorit's tension to really bubble forth a little bit more I need something from Teddy something from Teddy anything from Teddy, actually, um, other than what she's giving us, this pregnancy. I mean, the show forgets that Teddy's there half the time. So it is, for me, frustrating to have it all sort of coalesce around the Denise of it all, who I, again, I don't think ha- is equipped to do to be, like, Lisa, for all her faults, LVP, was equipped to have a pylon. You know, she, like, she knew how to sort of manage having all of the ladies against her in a way that felt like not always interesting to watch on TV, but at least it felt like it didn't feel like Denise, Denise has two moves, leave and lie. 
and <laughs> it is um, and defense in a defensive stance. And and so I I just want I I want more from the season a little bit. I'm loving Garcelle. I'm loving how messy Garcelle oh. is. Oh my god, Garcelle. It is so oh. messy. An unbelievable addition. And I know a lot of people have talked about like where's Garcelle? We don't see Garcelle enough and I'm just so appreciative of the moments that she's there and I feel like what she she's... did this week on the episode needed to be said. Yeah. It needed to yeah. be said. Someone needed to say, "Lisa Rinna, you are not actually perfect and a part of your problematic space on this show right now is that you are more than willing to drive storyline against people who you may or may not quote unquote love, which is a piece of shit, but you are shocked and horrified when the conversation turns to you. And your behavior, and, yeah. And your behavior. And I mean, what did you think about that kind of line of questioning that Garcelle directed? I mean, I'll say this. I don't think it's unfair to bring up when you're in the public eye, like these sorts of questions. Mm -hmm. I think it was a little mealy mouthed of Garcelle to be like, I'm not judging you. I'm just asking a question, which it's like, okay, if you're going to go there, then go there, Garcelle. And like mm -hmm. own that to use the, the, you know, the phrasing of a, one Lisa Rinna herself. Own it, own it, Garcelle. Like mm -hmm. you are asking the question. And I think it's a question a lot of people ask. And I think it's like a totally fair one when you are sort of present, like, when you're including your daughter's storyline in this show, then like you have to own all sides of it and all like sort of like aspects of it and your behavior and like this part of it, you have to be able to answer for that. And like, she didn't have a great answer for it. Other she didn't. And that's frustrating. And she called out the asking of the question as completely inappropriate, but do we not remember Munchausen? Yeah. Lisa Rinna's own defense was, I'm not saying you have it. I'm just saying this is something people are talking about. Now, um, what's her face? Catherine, was it Catherine Edwards? Whatever yeah, her yeah. name was. And not that Kim Richards is the person you want to go to for info or truth, but Kim Richards has brought it up. A lot of housewives and cast members on the show have referenced in the past that there is something there with Lisa Rinna and the way that she has tried to divert attention away from that, especially this season. I mean, the camera always goes to her when she's ordering food and goes with what she's eating. She talks about eating four plates of food at Kyle's, you know, picnic barbecue that costs a bajillion dollars. She does these things to overcompensate, except nobody's asking, what are you overcompensating for? Mm -hmm. Then she uses her daughter's eating disorder as a part of her story. And shout out to Amelia Gray, who is talking openly and honestly and is such a young woman. She's what, like 19, 20, yeah. 21, something like that, who's talking so openly and bravely about this. Like, I have no choice but to, of course, I would fully support anybody speaking openly about their struggle. But I thought it was sort of unfair of Lisa to yet again use her daughter's storyline and vulnerability to replace her own. You can have that as a, it's her family. Yeah. She can talk about it, but that can't be the only way that she is showing vulnerability by describing someone else's. So when the con conversation becomes, what is your role in this? You do a daily dance where you are. It's all about your body and your moves, and you are someone 
you know, if we're going to talk about how Hollywood has added to the idea of women's bodies, you know, from size six and up as like the other, and you look at these women who are glamorized as like this being the thing when it comes to like the size of your physical self and Lisa Rinna uses the size of her physical self often which is entirely her choice she has every right to there are going to be questions about that when you're talking about your daughter's eating disorder and the fact that there have been questions on this very show that you are on discussing the fact that housewives have not seen her eat publicly. Like, yeah. I'm not and saying it, it is a problem. I'm saying that the question has been asked, so it's not like Garcelle is the first one to ask it. Yeah, and it's and like not a night earlier. not Or was it that very same night? She was saying, like, if you're going to be here, be here. And, right. and like answer the questions you know like you're we're we're talking about your life and this is a part of it and like she imagine if garcelle had turned that same sort of tone back on her of like be here answer the question like this is your life like i don't know it's it's frustrating to watch but um i hope you know i don't i don't know i i do i hope that amelia is okay and i hope that like it seems yes, like I, from her responses on social media, she is. Mm-hmm. And like, I, she's, I think she's, you know, she's towing a good line of defending her mom, but also sort of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, advocating for herself and her own, you know, not exactly wanting to be a storyline on this show is from what, I, what I've gotten from her social media. Right. And even on her social this week, she was unpacking like, you know, she was trying to say or was directly saying that Garcelle was body shaming her by talking about her mom's body, which I didn't see from my experience watching Mm -hmm. the show, but of course I'm not Amelia watching it. Um, I didn't see that happening in what Garcelle was talking about. I think Garcelle was really referencing an environment where, you know, one's mother is seemingly very focused on a very specific body type. And how does that work? when you have two young kids growing up in an environment where mom and dad are both you know successful tv performers and a big focus of that is on their personal physical selves i mean there's a conversation to say to yeah. that it doesn't mean that lisa should be blamed it just means like let's unpack this environment and try to understand an environment in which her daughter, you know, if your daughter is struggling with her eating. body image issues, like maybe a sa- a reasonable sacrifice to make is to pare down your own social media presence in, you know, glorifying a, one body type. And that's maybe a possibility. And maybe that's has nothing to do with Amelia's struggle, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. that's true. But I think it's a fair discussion to have on the show. Right. And I think it's a discussion to actually have. The way that Lisa responded was to just say, like, this is horseshit. How dare you? And Lisa Rinna is not the judge and jury of what conversations should exist on the show, or at least if she has been, which does appear to that to be her role with all things Denise, then she needs to understand that that same pressure can come back on her and how unfortunate and difficult it can be to feel. But at least that conversation is one that I genuinely think Garcelle is having because she's truly interested and wants to unpack it versus what the other women are doing with Denise, which is so much worse than what Kim Richards did to Lisa Rinna in, was it Amsterdam or wherever, where she was like, let's talk about your husband. What you are doing is actively saying, 
someone told me that you had an affair or some sort of sexual experience, we believe this other person who isn't even on the show, who Lisa Rinner herself hasn't directly discussed this stuff with at that point, you know, let us all pounce on you. And if you don't actually tell us how you feel, we're going to use that for a second round of attack. Like that's yeah. problematic to me. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately like, I just, I guess I don't, it's not an, an interesting enough story. I, I believe like a version happened. Mm-hmm. Like I actually believe yes. that maybe they made out. I don't know. I just like don't. Oh, I think something I don't, happened. I think something happened. I don't believe it's exact. It I don't believe happened. it's exactly as Brandy is presenting it, and I don't believe it's exactly as Denise is presenting it either. But it it the way that they that Kyle and Teddy are making it have presented it feels so as a reaction to what they this weird this bizarre like. It almost feels like they're gaslighting us about Denise's experience where they're like, Denise is ashamed of the way that she was on the show in her first season. And so she's trying to course correct now. And I'm like, I guess I don't get that from her. Like, they're they're sort of like attaching themselves to little things that Denise has done this season and sort of creating this like composite storyline for her. And it doesn't make any sense to me what Kyle and Teddy's sort of idea of Denise is versus what I'm seeing from Denise. And it's like, yeah, maybe she just doesn't want to talk about it on the show. And they all have things that they don't want to talk about on the show. I don't know. I mean, if you don't have something that you don't want to talk about on the show and you're currently in the cast, you're Telly, Teddy Mellencamp, who's literally yeah, has, primary job on LinkedIn is like living in my father's shadow. Like yeah. the fact that, <laughs> like, why else were you brought on if not because you are the child? And that's okay. Like, you should use that. You should use that to further your career. You cannot hide. From well, and it has. Let's, she's gotten she's gotten a shit ton out of this show. Let's be honest. Nobody would be showing up to the that you know wellness camp or whatever the fuck she was doing at the beginning of the season um, if it wasn't for this show. And it's like, okay, Teddy, you've gotten you've gotten something out of this show. What have we gotten out of it, Teddy? What have we gotten out of your presence on this show? Nothing. Okay, you woke Erica up a little bit a couple seasons ago, a little bit. and that's a about it. Bit. That's all we've gotten from you, Teddy, and it's not worth it. We have not gotten enough from Teddy for to make her presence worth it on this show. I mean, I do appreciate her in uniting our country around a dislike of yeah, her. Yeah, that is, and I think that is a powerful in this time when we are so divided. What she has done to bring us all together to say, Teddy, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. I think is wonderful. We are all hunting this teddy bear. But um, when I look at her behavior, the harm that she may have done in this conversation by saying, listen, I heard you talk shit about me. Like, that's the worst thing that these women have ever done. That's yeah. literally a job requirement. That's uh-huh. what, what do you think those confessionals are? There aren't just like, tell me something nice about that person you were filming with. It was like, tell me how mad you are and why. So Denise may or may not have talked shit. She said she didn't. Then in confessional, she said she did. I truly don't care. If you're not talking shit about Teddy, you are not alive and well. Yeah. Check your but pulse. But she says, right, check your pulse. Um, She says, you were talking shit about me to this person and BT dubs, I'm going to pretend to be enough of a friend of you uh, to you to say what this person was saying about you. But I'm also wrapping it up in a package of if you don't admit to me that you talk shit, that I'm 100% going to believe that you talk shit and also that you had an experience with this person, 
who I have now decided I have a super vested interest in believing 100%, who has shown us through many, many press rounds, seasons of the show, whatever else. Kyle has literally said of Brandy Glanville, all she does is lie. Literal direct quote from Kyle. Like, so it, it is such a wild thing for Kyle to reverse course now. And the thing is, is like, it's such an interesting thing, like, at the table, bring up the shit talking. I don't understand why they have such a vested interest in, like, the Denise is fucking Brandy, except as revenge for making them feel bad for talking about a threesome in, at Denise's house. That's literally it. That's literally it. And maybe some of the, like, is there a, is there a little bit of, like, the last season Kyle Teddy sleepover thing in France where there was that weird conversation. I mean, is that part of it? Is it to like divert attention away from that? Because this is all so stupid to me in the sense that I, I, you know, there's the question of like, should this be on TV? And did you take away and potentially out Denise by talking about this? Because there's a very big difference between jokes about happy endings and saying, you know, this was like very, there's this weird shaming that's like layered mm-hmm. underneath this that I myself have felt as someone who's not a part of the LGBTQ community that really makes me uncomfortable with the fact that they are asking her on camera about stuff that she really, truly didn't herself bring to the show aside from like as part of, uh, you know, I'm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've honestly, had, like, like sexual experiences, it feels. Strange. If Brandy were a cast member, I would be like mm-hmm. fair game. But like, you're bringing in this like outside, like former voice who has like a vested interest in like, it, who clearly like wants to be back on the show, is gonna say whatever she needs to to get back on the show. It it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right, and I'm mad that we're even. Spending like it, I'm mad that like that's the only thing really to talk about on this show. And they were having such a great see. I mean, I still think genuinely this has been a really fascinating season. I will 100% watch this again. I wouldn't say that about last season, for example, yeah. or at least the second half. It was last season the LVP versus everybody else just got exhausting because once she was gone, there was literally nothing, nothing there. there except for Camille. At- Except for Camille. At least this season, because Dorit has come into her own and has shown her, like, power on the show and is playing such an MVP role, and because we have Sutton there, who's a friend of, except she's 100% a full-time housewife. I'll say this. I don't like Sutton, but I appreciate, especially at the beginning of the season, that Sutton was sort of just throwing everything at the wall to see what stick. You know, like she was starting shit mm-hmm. with Dorit. She was starting shit with like Garcelle earlier in the trip. Like she's really there to sort of like, she's like, I don't know what my storyline is, but I will have a storyline. Um, and I appreciate that about her, even as I dislike her as a human being. Do you dislike her? I think she's great for the show. I, I mean, I think, much. no, I think she's great for the show. I just like don't 
like her. I sort of even like weirdly, I, I, I hate that like she's making me stand up for Dorit's Buca de Beppo. Like I, I it's like, it's like crazy. I don't, I, I think, I think Sutton is proof positive that wealth does not give you taste. I think everything she wears is hideous. I think. It um, does not fit her well. It does not no. fit her well. And I think like the, 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 like the way she wears her wealth is, I don't know. I, it, it's a turnoff for me, but again, a, Good for the show. Good for the show. But I think she should 100% be full time next season. Well, she was supposed to be. Yeah, her ex husband fucked it up. But really, not really, because she's still in every goddamn scene. Like, she's still in more of the show than Garcelle, who is rightly so full time. So why they decided to demote her because they shouldn't couldn't show stuff of her kids. It's like she's still contributing a lot and she's actually incredibly valuable as someone who can in her confessionals and during scenes counter Kyle and Rinna and Teddy in a way that actually helps push along the plot and doesn't feel like a pile on. I think there's a lot of value that she brings. I also have to tell you. I had never heard of Buca de Beppo until it's so terrible until several years ago we were doing during recording Andy's girls we did weekly um like you know drink a housewife drink and get drunk and like screaming at scream at each other while um recording and my co-host had to go to Buca de Beppo because it was the only place in the city that sold Lisa Vanderpump sangria which was toxic i'm not gonna say it's starting a corona but i'm also not not saying that and it was and now i understand why it was sold there because she was friends with the owner who dorit happens to also be friends with which is why this strange little plastic lemon situation is happening which i cannot wait to see yeah. one day in 2027 um what, what am i even but all this to say i think that sutton adds value to the show and she helps the show and my hope is that on the reunion she and Doreen well, she's not there help. I don't think she shows I think she said that she wasn't going to the reunion right or she wasn't at she the didn't reunion. even cameo I don't think no. she I think she's she said to she responded on Twitter to somebody who asked that she wasn't at the reunion Sutton yeah I could be completely making that up and well noth- if she's not at the reunion that is actually insane or maybe I, I could be mixing her up with Elise, but Camille. Oh yeah, Elise isn't. But what I, I mean, mean who, sweetie, yeah. it's like wh- why would Don't you be it. there? You're not even. It's it's adorable yeah. that you're that you think you're a part of this. I think good for you. You can't even get a certificate of attendance because I don't know when you're present. But um, yeah, BH for me has been kind of a wild journey. It's interesting to hear you say that you haven't had that experience as a whole watching this season. Um. So where do you think all of this stuff will land? I mean, next week, Brandy shows up to the shower to continue to bury Denise Moore, which is so odd for someone who's actually not even a friend of. It's just like a he sh- a she said, she said at this point, and right. it's going to continue down this path. Like you, I, I watched a little bit of Teddy and, and Kyle on Watch What Happens. It just it seems like this is the way the season ends, which is them saying, I believe Brandy and, and Denise denying it. And that's it, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of places for this to go. And that's what I think I find a little frustrating and concerning about it, ultimately. And as you said a little while ago, it doesn't help matters that Denise isn't playing the game. It doesn't Mm-mm. help matters that Denise says, 
you know, it's just a flat denial or exits scene. It does not help her case. It doesn't help plot. It's something that Brian Moylan, friend of the show, referenced on his recap this week for Vulture. You know, she's not playing the game, which is almost destroying the game. Like she's revealing too much yeah. about how plot is orchestrated and it is potentially in disservice to the franchise long term, but short term, you know, it's tough to see. It's tough to see these women. It's tough to see Rinna say, I'm trying to be a friend to you, which is why I'm attacking you in group seven. I mean, and, and that fake ass, more lying. crocodile tears from Rinna. I can't stand to see just the fakeness. Uh, it, it is so gross to me to see her sort of crocodile tear and then the church I need to go to church and like turning herself into a victim in that moment is just so ugh. it's so transparent and it's so frustrating to see again I want to see more I, I, I just I need to see new st- stuff on the show and sometimes it feels like we're retreading beats and it's frustrating and I also feel like this next season has to be the downfall of Rena. She's so great on this show. I'm more than happy to dislike what she's doing right now. But there needs to be a counter. And maybe that counter is Garcelle. I hope there is someone else on Garcelle's side. And I don't know if Denise is going to be back. Regardless of how big her contract was, I honestly, truly do not know if she will be back on the show. Do you think she's coming back? I think she will, actually. I think that they're going to I think they're going to boot Teddy. I think they're going to bring in someone else from Denise's circle. And it'll be Garcelle, Denise and new new cast member um v you know kyle and and rinna and everybody else i'd love to see it i'd love to see kyle and dorit in the middle of that lineup as she deserves to be now oh just and if you would have told me three four years ago that i would be standing dorit as i am now i would have like i i would have slapped you across the face because i would never have believed it but i am a full now full-time dorit stan and after Pantygate, to see how full circle we've come, where she's even, she's discussing it. She's looping it in when she talks to PK of like, we've been through this. I have seen what has happened when you've gotten involved in stuff and we have learned mm-hmm. lessons. Let's help this new person and her husband who don't seem to really understand how the game is played and at least give them the opportunity to be better uh, better informed to help them better perform. Yeah. I mean, the woman is sort of a little bit of a saint to read if Camille at one point was Saint Camille I feel like the sainthood has passed and has gone to someone who's potentially more deserving I do have to say there's a segment on Andy's girls called satchels of gold in honor of her holiness Kelly Kalor and Ben Simone on scary island and they are listener thoughts questions and feels about the episodes as they um are being watched so I have a satchel of gold about Garcelle from Brandon in New Jersey who says I'm so glad Denise finally stood up for yeah finally stood up for herself during that last dinner she was absolutely right when she said that they were being mean girls and that she didn't deserve any of this what really struck me and I didn't expect is when Garcelle went outside to cry it was such a true human moment truly a person that seemed emotionally exhausted and over the whole trip I'm totally team Denise and she didn't deserve to get destroyed by the group but seeing Garcelle cry made me realize that it must have been an emotionally rough three days of filming for her too as she got to see the harshest and worst part of this show play out right before her eyes 
It was also interesting seeing how someone like Dorit acts in a situation like this, telling Denise and everyone um, uh, who's getting a rough go versus Garcelle, who's new to the show and is watching her friend get piled on. See, I, I, I love this, but I also don't think it's that deep with regard to Garcelle. <gasps> I don't. I think Garcelle. I think it's more of a Kim Field situation where Garcelle is regretting doing the show, um, and <laughs> it, it is not like an emotional thing. I think she's just like, "What the fuck have I done to my life? I'm a legitimate, like, successful person, yes. and I'm here yes. in Italy, and I'm jet lagged, and I'm tired of these women." <laughs> and I yeah. think like it is ultimately that. Like, I'm the when she said, "I miss my kids," I was like, "Oh, this is like." This is approaching Kim Fields territory. And that was concerning to me. But I just think that, like, I think Garcelle is above this show. And it's really tough for me. I I rarely say that about any of the women that grace Mm -hmm. my screen on a a housewife Mm -hmm. show. But I do truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that Garcelle is too good for this show. And I think she knows it. And I think she's frustrated to be there. But I'm so appreciative. I know. I'm so glad that she is. I know. We love so much. I can't tell her. I I think it's. I actually. She said in an interview she's not received this many like Mazel Tov congrats from people that she knows in the industry for Housewives and anything else. She's like it exploded. The level of support and of people reaching out was unbelievable. And I do think that she can come out of this when she ultimately leaves. And I don't think it will tarnish her no. in any way. I think she will have even bigger and better name recognition um, with viewers who may not have been as aware of her illustrious career as so many of us have been and were. Um, so I'm hopeful that that little crying moment was her tapping out for just a second yeah. and coming straight, come straight back in and delighting us even more yeah. and holding people responsible. And I think she's going to really be great or at least attempt to be versus Rinna on the reunion. And I'm excited to see her, you know, star shine even brighter can't in wait. BH. I can't wait to see it. I mean, one star burns brighter as another slowly crawls to a little bit of a halt, which is what I think about when I think of New York, which Oof. is having a tough time. Yeah, tough it's dark. Season. It's dark. And it is it is tough. And I'm I'm upset that we spent so much time talking about Beverly Hills because now we only have, you know, so much time to unpack the darkness so of it's New York, which tell is. Tell me, tell me, get straight to the, just get straight. Well, to I will say I, I don't necessarily miss Tinsley, but I miss that does feel like we need a sixth person. On this trip, mm-hmm. it does feel, mm-hmm. and it's not—it's not necessarily Elise either, but it does feel like we're missing a cast member, um, and we need like just one more element, and and maybe it would be Tinsley. I, 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 you know, I think Tinsley would have been great on this trip, but it is—it is tough. It feels like, um, I don't know. Leah continues to have, I think, one of the best debut seasons of any housewife. Yes, um, completely, hundred percent. And I think that's in part because of the context of like she of who she's replacing and when the cast members that are still there and. Tinsley's having sort of a, a mid-season send-off. Like, I think it, it is all the perfect storm to make Leah in particular, like, such a, a captivating first, you know, have give her a, a captivating first season like she's having. And I think, like, she's the perfect combo of, like, voice of reason. Like, she's giving us a little bit of that voice of reason, but she's also chaos. And that is so important on the show. She's messier than Bethany um, really, like, would get at the, you know, later seasons. And, like, she's not always right and but she thinks she is and that's important um but it is tough i mean i used to be a dorinda ride or die 
I would I would go to bat for Dorinda. She's great casting. She was great casting. No matter what she Excellent. did, I am a Dorinda mm. myself. I identify as a Dorinda. Wow. I, I throw a great party. I get very emotional. Um, but wow. this Dorinda is. I mean that and the last 10 minutes of this episode was tough to watch and the tone of like she wasn't even drunk this time and that's that's telling in a really disturbing way of like the way she gaslights and and the the problem that I the ultimate problem is is that Leah has not stepped up to be the voice of reason with Dorinda Mm -hmm. yet because she's too afraid of Dorinda the problem is is that everyone else is too afraid except Ramona and Ramona while she's right about Dorinda, the presentation, the fake crying, the is not the best way to get because she's giving Dorinda a reason to ignore her, which is all of the the histrionics that she's bringing to the the table is like not the way to get across to Dorinda, and so she it, it's just so frustrating to watch that of the one person who's actually speaking truth about Dorinda's behavior is Ramona, who is vile and so awful. And so of course, Dorinda, if I were in Dorinda's place, I'd be like, this is the person that's, that's coming for me. This is the person that's trying to bring me back down to earth. I don't think so. And so I, I'm, it's very frustrating to watch and sad to watch as someone who loved Dorinda. I mean, it shows a part of Dorinda that we've seen in seasons past when she went to that party with Candace Bushnell and was like, I'm going to eat Sonia alive and I'm not going to be drunk so it can be used against me. I'm going to be stone cold sober so that when I experience and showcase my anger, which is present regardless of how much I've had to drink, you guys can see that I actually mean it. And And that's the thing. She harnesses her anger for bad. You forget. And it's chilling. It's chilling to watch her turn to Luann and say, oh, it's so great what Hannah's doing with that library. What the fuck was Hannah doing with the library? Like, and why was it so important? It was, ugh. I mean, and it made it all the worse because Hannah is like one of the least, like, likable housewife's children on the on any franchise, really? I find. I find. When I find. Okay. Avery, Avery is singer? up there for sure, but the I find Hannah coming? so, dis- like, every time she's on really? my screen, I'm like, ugh, ugh. Ugh, get her off. Wow, I just no disrespect. I've never felt anything about her. Yeah, I no really disrespect. there's something about her that I she is that this that rich girl I knew who grew up in New York and it is like oh, okay, tough it. for it, me to stomach. Um but yeah, I it was so hard. The tone of voice that Dorinda had in that that last section was just so rough. And it's like so sad cuz like I love like shitting Dorinda. I love mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I love diarrhea Dorinda. Like that's sort of like oh. where I need her to be is is struggling with in her bed. stomach, but it is <laughs> so rough when she, if someone yelled at me for answering emails at breakfast on a vacation, I would lose my shit. I would lose it. When you join their table. Yeah. When you, you sat down at their workspace and then chided them for doing the thing that you saw they were doing before you approach. Then you do the exact same behavior. And when they even try to say, do you see the irony here? You try to eat them alive. Like Dorinda cannot understand or refuses to accept the idea of accountability, let alone 
being accountable and the ferocious way in which she hears it and all she hears is like you're trying to fuck with me and I'm defending my territory no matter what I do like it all it was all worth it as long as I can tell you that I'm not owning up to a single goddamn thing is a very strange track to take and Leah is great she's having a remarkable first season I agree with you one of the best seasons ever but it shows in moments like this week and especially in those last 10 minutes what would have changed had Bethany not quit yep. 45 seconds before re, uh, the filming started because the pressure on us as viewers wouldn't be on Leah who has stepped in to be like the voice of reason in many ways not every way but many ways Bethany would have held her accountable and Dorinda would have had no choice but to listen. exactly and I don't know that we're going to get that from Leah this season I think that eventually Leah will stand up to Dorinda and it will be dark it will be so explosive on Dorinda's part because I think Dorinda really is like leaning on Leah in a big way you can tell that she really likes Leah she really wants Mm -hmm. to feel like a mother to Leah and when she is betrayed by Leah eventually by Leah simply just calling her out on her awful behavior it will be um a sight to behold and I don't know that it's going to happen this season I, I I sense a real reticence from Leah to go there with Dorinda I might I I I wonder how much it will come up at the reunion um, having Dorinda have see, like seeing some of the stuff that because Leah has you know admitted in her confessionals that she's afraid of Dorinda that like this behavior is outrageous and I wonder how much of it will come out in the reunion I don't think it will because Leah and Dorinda both need each other to bury Ramona and this is not yeah. the moment where it's going to happen I think it could happen next season but I also think it's a triangulation sort of yeah shake up Right, exactly. And some sort of shakeup is on the horizon. They're looking at entirely new people. It's a direction they need to go in. They need to fill the generational gap that currently exists where it's not like Leah and people who feel like a motherly. There needs to be somewhere else in there where it feels like um, someone who had the kind of relationship with Leah that Leah had with Tinsley like exists for someone who still yeah. lives like I say and I'm not the only and I know I'm not the only person calling for this but bring on Leah's like little shit stirring sister, sister like honestly give us a Kyle and Kim sort of like allegory on oh. New York I think it's great like any sister who's willing to say mom doesn't like you has earned a spot at least as a you know a a center a, 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 a spot on the show I'd say I mean, I saw her sister at the filming that I went to in December, which if it's shown in any way will be like probably in like two or three weeks. And I don't know if it will, but it was Leah, her sister, Elise, who we were all like, who the fuck is this person? And Sonia attending Luann's dress rehearsal for her new <laughs> cabaret tour. And, um, and you know, Leah and Leah number two, Leah Jr. were both there. So I think they tried to use her as much as they could towards the tail end. And I don't know enough about her to uh, want her to be full time. But let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see what she brings that night. I mean, you know, I guess we'll just kind of like have to wait and see. But I do have to ask you just very briefly, Potomac, things are happening. I love it. Whose side? I think I every week I need to ask as we build toward this altercation in quotes that's happening in the next seven or six weeks um, of episodes. Whose side are you presently on, Monique or Candace? Well, it's tough because Potomac is one of the rare franchises where I'm sort of on. I'm rooting for everybody in a big mm-hmm. way, like and. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna come out and say it. And I'm a bit of a troll um in oh, my don't, heart. Don't tell me. But um don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm Team Candace. Uh I am. I am a little bit Team Candace. I I find her captivating. I find that any woman who's willing to call another woman who is in labor a roach, a roach is iconic to me. Iconic. Um, I mean, top tier trolling as a person. Top tier trolling. Um, and so I, I find, I find her presence to be really, really important for this show. And so it's hard for me to separate like my, that. Those two things. Like, what do I find her? At her, her behavior objectionable and sort of vile on its face. Yes. yes of course. But do I, I find it to be important person. to this show? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I think she's one of the most gorgeous housewives that has ever graced our screens? I think yes. Also, yes. And I think the same of Monique, too, honestly. I Probably mean, this entire cast right. is gorgeous. gorgeous. Giselle, Every single kidding? one of them. I, I mean, Giselle, Giselle is one of those people that, like, if you... <laughs> Sort of on a, a a graph, if we're doing a graph of sort of like most naturally beautiful to taste, mm-hmm. it's like she's really high up on most naturally beautiful. And just like some of the outfits she wears are atrocious. Horrific. Horrific. Her house. The house. Her house is a oh cry for help. Oh my God. How could a woman that gorgeous be have so little taste? It is astonishing. Nobody's perfect. She's the perfect example. What she wore to Ashley's night out was crazy. That like rainbow top and the shorts. It was so I unbelievable to me. Um but I mean there's not a whole lot there there yet mm-hmm. with Potomac. Mm-hmm. Um I'm excited. I love them all. I'm a I'm a little uncertain. I find Do- Dr. Wendy to be a little sweaty so far in a way that seems really? out of place. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'm there for Dr. Wendy yet. I think that she might bring some, some something later on in the season, but I think that we're leaning a little bit to... I, I think it's important for Candace to have someone in her corner because of, mm-hmm. of everything she does is so, you know, indefensible. And awesome. so having someone yeah, um, in her Poor corner person. is going to be important. But I, I, I find, like, you know... I'm a professor and class is always in session to say that at a, at a lunch and not as your tagline. Like it's, it's like, we don't want to hear them speak the taglines in normal conversation. And that's what I'm sort of getting from her. Like, I think she's a little bit too like aware that she's on a show right now. And I, and I don't know that I, I believe it yet, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to wait. It's early. We'll see. Have you did you get a chance to see the um, live that I think you would have only been able to experience actually live because Monique said at the end she was absolutely not saving this between Monique and Karen. It was one of the craziest. No. And that's a that's a matchup that I'm interested in on its face. But no, I didn't see that. A dream scenario. Karen had been um, turtle timing earlier that day. Ray was on. Ray kept trying to get Karen to like literally turn off her phone. And Karen was like, one more thing, one sec. And she was tipsy and wonderful. They were both coming very, very hard for Giselle. And following Andy's baby shower in L.A., the ladies who attended went to a dinner. And allegedly during that dinner... Giselle was telling the women that a storyline she wanted to introduce and run with was the idea that Candace's third son was not Chris's. And some followed happened there. Karen told Monique what happened. Candace did not. And Candace and Monique were friends at that point, which I think 
influences a lot of the anger that Monique now feels toward Candace. But they're talking about it pretty openly in a way that I don't know if the like Giselle ownership of it comes up during the season, but it's apparent that the women have no issue addressing it doing like quote unquote press, which I would include Instagram, you know, doing social media and everything else. And it sets up a really fascinating track because we're all thinking about this altercation with a lot of stuff brimming to the surface that, you know, pops up and explodes. But I wonder where things are going to land with Giselle because Karen is like very loudly saying that people are focusing on the Candace of it all, but there is a larger problem here. And it stems with what, you know, Giselle was planning to do, which was like fully and truly using as plot the idea that this like child like toddler like little person like teeny tiny little kiddo was not you know a baby born from the mom and dad he thought which is Monique yeah bad that that Giselle Karen is saying that Giselle is the person that was what did I just say Monique and that it's Monique and Chris yeah you had said Candace's and I was I was like no 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 sorry do not want to ever (laughs) necessarily I don't need to um but uh yeah sorry so that it's and that's something that I think Monique has held on to as well like obviously she and Candace can't stand each other but there is this other major problem here, which is that if this rumor did start with Giselle, is Giselle actually going to get owned for it? Yeah. That was like big news number one. Big news number two was Candace attempting to say that if Giselle is back, she's leaving the show when it's like, sweetie, Candace is great in short doses, but she is also a truly toxic person. And it, my guess would be that after this season, I don't know that Monique will return, but entirely of her own volition. I think if Monique leaves, leaves, she will be in the absolute minority of housewives who do, in fact, leave and don't return be, and aren't, you know, like not returning right. because their contracts weren't renewed. But Candace, I assume, is not back because I think that this season will become so toxic. It's going to be an exceptional season, but it will become so toxic and she will have so few allies and the people that she's not aligned with will truly refuse to engage with her that they'll have no choice but to let her go i think she brings something that's really great in short doses but she's not meant for this franchise or this world long term so i guess we'll have to kind of watch what happens and see i mean joel kimbister there's so much we've talked about there's so much left unsaid Uh, i know you need to come back i'm obsessed anytime i would love it can you tell the folks what you're working on, how to follow you, how to stay in touch, how to galvanize Kenya Moore to follow you once. Oh my God! On yeah, Twitter. start a campaign. Um, Please, the hashtag, GoFundMe whatever. was made for this. Um, yeah, you can follow me on uh, all social media platforms at I Hate Joel Kim, um, and um, you can listen to Urgent Care, my podcast, which is out every week, and that's really basically all I'm working on during the quarter. So, um, I love that. Yeah. Guys, um, fun, exciting news. I started a launch a contest uh, giveaway on Instagram for a plate that is <laughs> for the contest. It is my plate, you fucking bitch. It is 
a remarkable I'm look I have one. It is a remarkable rendering of Sonia Tremont Morgan of the upstate Tremonts holding a remote control like a scepter adorned in her Elizabethan oil painting best. It is a piece of art, a plate you hang on your wall and you look at and brings you so much joy. And it's totes free, guys. So join that giveaway on Instagram at Dame Galley. We're going to announce the winner in a couple weeks. And thanks to Shop So Messy for um, donating to that to one special AG. Um, and guys, there are going to be some fun bonus episodes up on Patreon this week. Support Andy's Girls, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. And, you know, just stay in touch. Let us know your thoughts and feels. I have a, spun, a fun super-sized satchel-specific bonus app coming up shortly, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And I just enjoyed this so much. You are, like, Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, you're a delight. A scholar. Oh, my God. Thank you. It was such a pleasure having you on the People's People's Couch. So here's to next time. Um, Guys, let us know your thoughts and feels. Whose side are you on? Monique versus Monique. Um, You have only one choice, (laughs) and I just wanted to make sure that was clear. And we will (laughs) talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye.